Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank you, Father, for giving us the privilege of life. Father, as we fellowship with you now, we pray, Lord, please open thou our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. We pray, Father, that your words may be spirit and life to us. Grant every one of us your spirit and grant us grace to understand that we may not wrest your words out of its true meaning, but that by your grace we may rightly divide the word of truth. Do this for us and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 7. Burden Sharing. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. Daniel chapter 9 verse 3 and 4 Burdened in behalf of Israel Daniel studied anew the prophecies of Jeremiah. They were very plain, so plain that he understood by these testimonies recorded in books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish seventy years in the desolations of Jerusalem. With faith founded on the sure word of prophecy, Daniel pleaded with the Lord for the speedy fulfillment of these promises. He pleaded for the honor of God to be preserved. In his petition, he identified himself fully with those who had fallen short of the divine purpose, confessing, confessing their sins as his own. What a prayer was that which came forth from the lips of Daniel. What humbling of soul it reveals. The warmth of heavenly fire was recognized in the words that were going upward to God. Heaven responded to that prayer by sending its messenger to Daniel. In this our day, prayers offered in like manner will prevail with God. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. As in ancient times, when prayer was offered, fire descended from heaven and consumed the sacrifice upon the altar. So in answer to our prayers, the heavenly fire will come into our souls. The light and power of the Holy Spirit will be ours. Have not we as great need to call upon God as had Daniel? I address those who believe that we are living in the very last period of this earth's history. I entreat you to take upon your own souls a burden for our churches, our schools, and our institutions. That God who heard Daniel's prayer will hear ours when we come to him in contrition. Our necessities are as urgent, our difficulties are as great, and we need to have the same intensity of purpose and in faith roll our burden upon the great burden bearer. There is need for hearts to be as deeply moved in our time as in the time when Daniel prayed. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Burden Sharing. 
When Daniel received that grand vision of the ram and the goats as recorded in the book of Daniel chapter 8, which represented the kingdoms of Permedeo, Persia and Greece, some other strange things were revealed to him which were shocking to say the least. In the vision, the goat that had a notable horn had its horn divided into four. Concerning those horns, it says, Daniel chapter 8 from verse 9, And out of one of them came forth a little horn which waxed exceeding great towards the south and towards the east and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts of the stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. Then I heard one saint speaking, and another saint said unto the, that certain saint which spake, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation, to give both the sanctuary and the hosts to be trodden on the foot? And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Amen. The whole part of this dream was very strange. This little horn again. Daniel had seen this little horn in the previous vision he had received in Daniel chapter 7. So he well knew what this was referring to. It was referring to that same power. But once again, he's seen this horn not just coming against God and his people and prevailing against them, but this time the sanctuary is involved. The daily sacrifice is taken away. The place of the sanctuary is cast down. And when Gabriel interpreted the dream in Daniel 8, this power is seen to practice craft and prosper. To add misery to him, he hears that this vision of the sanctuary being trodden underfoot will last for 2,300 days, which prophetically means 2,300 whooping years. Oh no, this cannot be. What is going on? That was what Daniel will be thinking. This last part of the prophecy was not clear to Daniel. What did these words mean? Unto 2,300 days then shall the sanctuary be cleansed? I thought it was supposed to be 70 years. And if the children of Israel were being released from captivity 70 years after 70 years, why do they need to wait 2,300 years for the sanctuary to be cleansed? Will the temple of the Lord be left desolate for another 2,300 years? Or did it mean that because the children of Israel we're not going to be released from captivity. That's why the sanctuary will not be cleansed. Is God still angry with Israel? Well, this wouldn't have been a surprise because even in Babylon, Israel had not still repented. The remnants that went to Egypt insisted on baking cakes to the Queen of Heaven and were consumed. Is God extending their captivity to another 2,300 years? This was a very troubling dream to Daniel and if you were in his shoes, you would understand what I'm saying. He was troubled. Gabriel did not explain this part of the 2300 years to him. In fact, in the accounts, it ends this way in Daniel 8 verse 26 to 27. It says, And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. And Gabriel told him, Wherefore, shut thou up the vision, for it shall be for many days. Wow. And then the, the next thing that follows is, Daniel said, and I, Daniel, fainted and was sick 
certain days. Afterward, I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision. But none understood it. Take note of that statement. I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. That word, understood. Daniel is saying, I don't understand. Is it that he didn't understand the whole vision? No, that's not true. Daniel was explained to. The two kingdoms that were coming next were mentioned by name. Gabriel told him that the goat represents the kingdom of Greece, while the ram represents the kingdom of Medo-Persia. Those parts were clear. And then, the trampling underfoot, persecuting the saints of God, those things were clear. The part that was not clear is what that 2,300 days meant. Does this mean that we are not going to be released from captivity? Daniel took up his Bible and he decided to read. And he wanted to know how he can exercise faith in the word of God. We need to have faith that lays hold on the word of God and pray according to the faith. Daniel did not pray for deliverance before or after the time but prayed for it when it was time. So he took, took up the book of Jeremiah to check what he should pray for, how he can exercise his faith and he read, saying now in Daniel chapter 9 reading from verse 1 it says, In the first year of Darius the son of Ahasuerus of the seed of the Medes which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he should he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Where did he read that? Jeremiah chapter 29, reading from verse 4 to 14. There, Jeremiah told them in verse 7, And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. And then going on in verse, in verse 10, he says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return. Take note of this word. So it's very clear. In causing you to return unto this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather from you all from you I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Amen. Daniel now exercised faith in this word because it was too clear. God said, after 70 years, I will cause you to return. He didn't say, I will just release you. I will cause you to return to Jerusalem. Now, he's getting another vision saying 2,300 years. Daniel took up the time to pray. And he said, he, he understood the condition. After 70 years, then I can pray because God said, that then you will find me. In other words, he needed to do something. He wasn't just supposed to relax and then Israel will be released. But what was the rest of Israel doing at this time? Well, we don't know, but... Daniel took it upon himself to bear the burden for the rest of Israel, to pray for them so that they can be released from the captivity which they were in. 
and this is prayer was very very important because what we read here is that they were supposed to pray daniel uh, jeremiah 29 verse 13 says and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart and i will be found of you said the lord and i will turn away your captivity verse 13 had said then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray so there was a condition somebody was supposed to pray for this captivity to come to an end and daniel the loving man decided to pray Daniel 9 verse 3, he said, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Oh, now we read in Conflict and Courage, page 256, paragraph 3, With faith founded on the word, sure word of prophecy, Daniel pleaded with the Lord for the speedy fulfillment of these promises. He pleaded for the honor of God to be preserved. In his petition, he identified himself fully with those who had fallen short of the divine purpose, confessing their sins as his own." End of quote. You see, when situations like look like they are getting out of hand and the enemy prevails, we are to go to the word of God, like Daniel, and seek for his promises so that we can exercise faith on them. But what is more important here is that this is that Daniel, of whom it was said that there was no fault found in him. But when he is praying, when you hear the things he says, you realize that this man is not even aware that he is not a sinner. He is not even aware that there is no fault found in him. He sees himself as sinful as the rest of the people. Daniel prayed now from Daniel chapter 9 from verse 4. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgment. Neither have we, he's not saying they now, he's saying we, including himself, neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which speak in the name in thy name to our kings, our princes and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces. And Daniel continues to pray, identifying himself with the people, putting it forward to the Lord that he himself was part of the sinners in Israel. In verse 11 he says, Yeah, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us. And the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the, the, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And then he continued and he said, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. For the sake of Jerusalem, which is called by thy name, for the city, which is called by thy name, he pleaded so earnestly. And it was a really heart-touching prayer that Daniel made here. In The Sanctified Life, page 46, paragraph 2, we are told, Daniel does not proclaim his own fidelity before the Lord. Instead of claiming to be pure and holy, this honored prophet humbly identifies himself with the really sinful of Israel. The wisdom which God had imparted to him was as far superior to the wisdom of the great men of the world as the light of the sun shining in the heavens at noonday is brighter than the feeblest star. Yet, ponder the prayer from the lips of this man, so highly favored of heaven, with deep humiliation, with tears and rending of heart, he pleads for himself and for his people, he lays his soul open before God, confessing his own sin, 
unworthiness and acknowledging the Lord's greatness and majesty. End of quote. How is it that we can come to this position? You know, we, when we live the life that Daniel lived, many people get proud. I have not committed this sin before. I have not committed that sin before. Can you pray like Daniel prayed saying, we have done this? How many times have you looked at the sin of your family members? Just start with your small nuclear family and prayed to God, not saying they, my brother, my sister, but saying we have done this or that. Have you prayed for those people you complain about in your church that are departing from the ways of God and pray like Daniel saying, we have transgressed. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Have you prayed like that for them? Or do you exclude yourself and say, Lord, they have sinned. They have committed iniquity. If we are imbued with that spirit of Daniel, which is supposed to be the spirit and character of those who will receive the seal of the living God in these last days, we will not raise ourselves like Nebuchadnezzar, feeling proud of our spiritual attainments, but will humble ourselves like Daniel, so that we are so oblivious of our righteousness we don't see anything good in ourselves daniel later on in the book of daniel 10 when he met jesus when he met the angels he said my comeliness turned to corruption and he felt like he was a filthy rag even though he had no fault in himself humans couldn't find anyone but as he drew nearer to jesus he saw faults in himself and we've seen this before the nearer we come to jesus the more will we see of our own filthiness and of our own sin. If we are not seeing our filthiness, if we raise ourselves in pride, thinking that we are righteous or we are holy or that we are better than others or we have some spiritual attainment and we are, we, we are proud of ourselves. I've never done this before. I've never done that before. If we have that mindset, it's because we are not drawing nearer to Jesus. The nearer we come to Christ, the more we see of our own filthiness and that is why daniel could say lord we have transgressed he saw in himself too a filthiness that is beyond what any human can see his eyes were holy enough to see evil in himself and he said we have transgressed the eyes of god are so holy that even the holiest of men when we come before him we will realize that that searching eyes of god is seen in us things that are not in harmony with his holiness and unless he touches us like he touched daniel then can we stand before him the nearer we come to god truly the more do we see of our own imperfections and of our own sins praying forward daniel said in daniel 9 verse 16 O lord according to all thy righteousness i beseech thee let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city jerusalem the holy mountain because for our sins and for our iniquities the iniquities of our fathers jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all they that are about us then remembering the vision that said unto 2300 days then shall the sanctuary be cleansed he pleaded with god again saying in verse 17 now therefore o our god hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for thy lord for the lord's sake o my god incline thine ear and hear open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name 
For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteousness, but for our for your great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Such a heart-touching prayer made by Daniel, never excluding himself from the people, but making himself to be one with them, realizing that he also is part of them, and asking God to forgive their sins. This spirit we must have if we must perfect character and reflect the image of Jesus. We must bear the burden of others. Galatians 6 reading from verse 1 tells us, If we see a brother taken in a fault, we which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself also, lest thou be tempted, then we are told, Bear ye one another's burdens. What are we told? Restore in the spirit of meekness, not in the spirit of pride. What is the spirit of meekness? Realizing that that brother or sister you are seeing in sin is no different from you. You could have been there too, wait not to be for the grace of God. Don't look at that child or that boy or that man or that woman who you see that is violent, who you see that is a murderer, that is an adulterer, that is in the LGBT lifestyle or that is a corrupt thief, uh, yeah, uh, an internet fraudster and you say to yourself, God, I can't be like this, never. You've not been through the things that they have been through. Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself also. Knowing that you can be like that, don't talk down on people as though you can never be like them. Remember that you also can be like that. So speak to people in the spirit of meekness. Pray for people in the spirit of meekness. Have you seen yourself in a particular sin before? Do you realize how you treat people who have committed the same sin that you have committed? Do you see how merciful you are to them? Do you see how considerate you are? Do you see how kind you are? Do you see how tender you are because you understand you've been there before and you are more um, cautious when you are dealing with them just because another person's weakness is not your weakness doesn't mean now that when you see another person committing a sin that is not the same weakness that you have and then you're like oh i can't do this kind of thing and then you are not as cautious as tender as meek as you would have been with someone who has a weakness similar to yours. You see, when we have a weakness, we sympathize with people that have the same weaknesses with us. But when we see somebody with a different weakness, if we are not converted, we will not transfer the same tenderness to them. We will feel like, I don't have this weakness. I can't, I can't be pitiful towards this person. I can't be sympathetic. You may be struggling with envy or pride, or you may be struggling with lust, or you may be struggling with any other sin, bitterness, and you understand when you see somebody struggling with the same things and you can pray for them. And when you are praying for them, you say, Lord, help us. You won't say, Lord, help them. Because you know that you've been there before. Even if you've repented on the sin, of the sin, you will easily say, Lord, help us. We have sinned against you. This my brother or this my sister. Please forgive us and restore us. But when it is something that you don't do, a weakness that you don't have, the inclination to pray in a different way is there. Now, what are we learning today? We should learn, like Daniel, even though your weaknesses are different from others, when you see people in a particular weakness, in a particular sin, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, when you pray for such people, don't 
pray in such a way as if you are separating yourself from them or talk about such people in a way that makes it look like I'm above you. I cannot do this kind of thing. Realize that everyone has their weaknesses. It shows itself in different ways. And as long as we all have our weaknesses, we should be more understanding with each other and say we have transgressed. We don't have to commit the same sins before we say we have transgressed. As far as we have transgressed before, we have all transgressed. We have all transgressed. As far as we have all transgressed before, you can pray we have transgressed. Just like Daniel did. Not raising sins above one another. Yes, all sins will take us to the same place, but we have all transgressed, like Daniel said. We should have a realization of this all the time. But what was it that Daniel was praying for? Reading from the book, The Sanctified Life, page 47, paragraph 3 says, The man of God was praying for the blessing of heaven upon his people and for a clearer knowledge of the divine will. The burden of his heart was for Israel, who were not in the strictest sense keeping the law of God. He acknowledges that all their misfortunes have come upon them in consequence of their transgressions of that holy law. He says, We have sinned, we have done wickedly, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all they that are about us. The Jews had lost their peculiar holy character as God's chosen people. And he says, Daniel continues to pray, Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate. Do you see where Daniel's prayer is going to? Remember he was told, unto 2,300 years, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Now in Daniel 9, his focus of his prayer is on that sanctuary. Because he's wondering, are you saying it's unto 2,300 years before we go back from our captivity? Is it unto 2,300 years that the temple will be rebuilt? That's what he was wondering and he's praying specifically to God. Please, because of this sanctuary that is desolate, hear my prayer. Daniel's heart turns with intense longing to the desolate sanctuary of God. He knows that its prosperity can be restored only as Israel shall repent of their transgressions of God's law and become humble faithful and obedient end of quote so daniel's prayer was pointed to that sanctuary very important prayer that he made here and our need should be our plea and entitlement to ask answers from god now daniel received answer daniel 9 reading from verse 21 to 23 says yeah while i was speaking in prayer even the man gabriel whom i had seen in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter, and consider the vision. Amen. What was it that Daniel said after the vision in Daniel 8? He said he was sick for many days. And when he was astonished, he, he, he rose up from his sickness. And then he said no one did what? Understood the vision. What part of the vision was it that no one understood? Unto 2,300 days then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. Gabriel now came to give him what? Understanding. Here Daniel received what is perhaps the most important prophecy that ushered the world into the last stages and events to take place in the great controversy between good and evil. What Gabriel was about to tell Daniel 
was so important that the Lord Jesus even spoke about it when he was on earth. When Jesus said in Matthew 24, when you hear of the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, let him that is in Jerusalem flee to the mountains. God referred to this Daniel chapter 9 when Gabriel came to give Daniel this vision. Jesus when he was on earth talked about it. I tell you, this prophecy is perhaps the most important prophecy for these last stages of earth's history. It is the last project that the Lord is doing before he comes. It is contained in this 2300 prophet, 300 days prophecy. This is called the 70 weeks prophecy because 70 weeks out of it was given to the children of Judah. But what makes it so important, hear this now, what makes this prophecy so important is that it gives the beginning or the starting date for when the 2300 days or 2300 years prophecy received before will commence. This starting date is so important because if we know it, we can accurately determine when the Messiah will come and when his ministry on earth will end. Gabriel said to Daniel in Daniel 9 verse 24 down to 27, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression. But how can he start the prophecy just in 70 weeks? He's talking about that 2300 days. He's saying from that 2300 days, 70 weeks, which is 490 days, that is 490 years, is given to your people, that's what he's telling Daniel, to the holy city, to finish transgression, to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So in the space of 490 years, all of these things, he's telling Daniel, these are the things that your people are supposed to do to anoint the most holy. In other words, that prophecy given to Adam and Eve, saying that the woman shall give birth to a seed that will bruise the head of the serpent, the Jews have been waiting for the fulfillment of this prophecy for many, many years. And finally, they are hearing now through Daniel that date has been set for that prophecy to take place. Then Gabriel told him in verse 25, because right now he's only telling him the events that are supposed to take place within the first 490 years of that prophecy. But now, the starting date has not been given. Now Daniel, uh, Gabriel proceeds to give Daniel the starting date for that prophecy. He doesn't give him the exact date, but he gives him an event that will take place. And when that event takes place, you can start counting. Gabriel said to him, verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment or the decree to restore and to build Jerusalem, Unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks, and three score, and two weeks. Just call, call that um, 69 weeks. That is, three score is 67, and two, that's nine, so 69 weeks. The streets shall be built, and the streets shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. This is a very detailed prophecy. So, Gabriel is saying to Daniel, 70 weeks are given to your people. And within that 70 weeks, how do you know when it starts? When there is a decree given to rebuild Jerusalem. And the rebuilding of Jerusalem is defined by the building of the walls 
a decree given to start building the walls of Jerusalem and to build the streets of Jerusalem, when that decree is given for the autonomy of Jerusalem to function by their own laws, to have their own government, that is when you should start. Because they cannot bring in everlasting righteousness, they cannot start to uh, take away transgression and to make an end of sin and reconciliation of iniquity reconciliation for iniquity except this is done except the jews are given autonomy except they are no longer under captivity in the sense of having their uh, following the laws of another nation because while they were in babylon and in medo persia they were following the laws of another nation but now gabriel is saying to him when you are given the permission to function by your own laws to function by your own commands to follow your own statutes when you are given the permission to build the walls of jerusalem and the streets that is when we start counting for jerusalem from there on you people are going to have 490 years to prepare for the coming of the Messiah and not just his coming, he will come within that time and also finish his work so that the work of salvation can finally be done for the whole world. He said, continuing in verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off. That is in the 69th week. He shall be cut off but not for himself and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood and unto the end of the war desolations are determined and he shall confirm that's the messiah now shall confirm the covenant with many for one week and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate this was a very important prophecy given to daniel the long-awaited messiah is finally going to come a date has been set and when is the date he says the anointing of the messiah shall be after three score and two weeks in other words this 490 years prophecy in the 483rd year that is 69 weeks at the end of 69 weeks which is 483 years from the day they start counting the messiah is going to be anointed and then he's going to have a ministry for the last seven years because 483 to 490 seven years remaining and gabriel is telling him within that last seven years in the middle of the seven years he will be cut off and you know that jesus had a ministry for three and a half years the middle of seven is three and a half and jesus was crucified three and a half years into his ministry and then salvation was brought to the whole world amen this was a very important prophecy for them and it is still a very important prophecy for us. It tells us who the Messiah is and it tells us when the sanctuary shall be cleansed and we'll look at that in some other devotion. But if Daniel did not identify himself with the people, do you think they would have received, he would have received this prophecy? If he didn't pray in the book of Daniel chapter 9 as we read it, do you think any angel would have flown to him to give him any interpretation of any uh, vision that he had received in the past? No. Daniel was sharing the burden of Israel and we need to learn to share the burden of our own people not looking down on people pray for them identify your own sins with theirs understanding that we all are in this together and pray for the people pray for the will of God to be done in his church and in the Christian world for every one of us to awaken to our responsibility Daniel was praying 
so that his people can prepare for the first coming of Jesus, we need to be praying so that we can get ready for the second coming of Jesus. The Sanctified Life, page 49, paragraph 1 says, Daniel talked with God. Heaven was opened before him, but the high honors granted him were the result of humiliation and earnest seeking. All who believe with the heart the word of God will hunger and test for a knowledge of his will. God is the author of truth. He enlightens the darkened understanding and gives to the human and the, to the human mind power to grasp and comprehend the truths which he has revealed. End of quote. And we were told in Conflict and Courage, page 256, paragraph 5. That God who heard Daniel's prayer will hear ours. When we come to him in contrition, our necessities are as urgent, our difficulties are as great, and we need to have the same intensity of purpose, and in faith roll our burden upon the great burden bearer. There is need for hearts to be as deeply moved in our time as in the time when Daniel prayed. End of quote. What are we to pray for? Daniel searched the book of Jeremiah, searched the book of, Je- of Revelation, searched the book of Ezekiel, searched for all the promises he received the promise he saw it Jeremiah said 70 years we what have we seen Ezekiel 36 reading from verse 25 God you have promised that you will take away our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh Lord you have promised in the book of Revelation 7 Revelation 14 that you are making a people in whose mouth there will be found no guile and they will be spotless before the throne of God Lord this is your promise and you said it will be in this our time Please, Lord, do it for us. Forgive us our sins and help us. We have sinned. We have turned against you. And because of that, the Lord has turned his back on us. Lord, please come back to us. That should be our prayer. We should share the burden of one another as we see the Christian world going deeper and deeper into worldliness. Let us have the spirit of Daniel and share the burden of others. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, indeed, forgive us our sins for we have transgressed we live in a time when we are expecting as we have read from your book that you are making a people of whom it will be said of them that they are those who keep the commandments of god and have the faith of jesus but we have turned away from the ways of god many of us are entrenched in sin we have transgressed O lord please forgive us our sins and hear our prayer O lord and bring us out of our own captivity of sin daniel and his people were in the captivity of sin in the sense of babylon we are in the true captivity of sin lord as you have promised in your word that whoever the son sets free is free indeed please lord set your children free break the chains that the devil has used to hold us bound to bound in the chains of sin please deliver us O lord and save us. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. around
Give. Oh. 